In today's Help and Hope Happen Here podcast, I will speak with first cousins Ariana and Nicole Rosso, each of whom have gone through a battle with pediatric cancer. Nicole was diagnosed when she was three years old with acute lymphoblastic leukemia back in 2000, and Ariana was diagnosed just two years ago with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Ariana and Nicole will talk about how important it has been for each of them to be able to communicate with one another about their individual cancer situations because both of them have lived the experience. They will also talk about what it means to them to be able to give back and help others who are either undergoing their own cancer battles or will be undergoing their own cancer battles in the future. Ariana's main cause is the Jimmy Fun Walk, in which she was given the first time Walker of the Year Award in 2020 as she led her Ariana's Army team to raise over $17,000 for the walk during the COVID pandemic. Nicole is riding for the second time in the Pan Mass Challenge, and both of these young women have been involved in the Relay for Life. I hope that you will enjoy this podcast. It is now my pleasure to welcome Ariana and Nicole Rosso to my podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. It's great to have you here. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Now, Ariana, you and Nicole are first cousins, and you both have been through pediatric cancer, although yours, Nicole, was over 20 years ago when you were just three years old and were diagnosed with leukemia. Ariana, yours has been much more recent, uh, two years ago in 2019, when you were diagnosed with uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I'm going to ask Ariana the first question. How much has it helped having your older cousin who lives very close to you there to support you through your battle as Nicole had already been through this process? Um, let me just say that it helped so much. She is and has always been my biggest role model. So that has always been a big deal for me, knowing that she went through it before me, made me know that I could make it through too. I would think that that would bring a lot of, you know, really good comfort to you as you started the process. And Nicole, I'm going to ask you this question. How has it been for you to be able to help Ariana so much through her treatment uh, which of course has been much more recent than yours, but still uh, being a very strong advocate for you. What has that meant to you? Um, you know, it's meant a lot that I could be here with her. And, you know, I, I went to the hospital a lot and to visit her. So it was nice to, you know, have that bond in a way, you know, <laughs> weird as that sounds. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been really good to share that with her. Well, you do have a bond. And my next question Actually, and I'll start with Ariana, would you agree with this statement that it is easier to communicate with a peer who has, you know, quote, uh, in quotes, lived through what you went uh, through so recently? And I'll ask uh, Nicole, ask you the same question, even though obviously you were much younger than Ariana was, um, you know, 18, 20 years ago. Uh, when you went through this, is it, 
would you both agree that it's easier to be able to talk to another person, particularly a close person to you that has been through this? Yes, definitely. It's definitely a big help to know that somebody shares the pain and all the ups and downs that you've gone through, even if it's when someone was five versus 19. Um, it doesn't matter as long as, you know, you have someone there to help you who's also been through it. And Nicole, how would you respond to that? Yeah, you know, I, I definitely agree. Um, you know, having someone that that knows what it's like is, you know, definitely easier to talk to rather than someone who doesn't know, you know, the, the pain that you're going through. And, and of course, you've been through this uh you were uh, put through this a long time ago. Have you had a lot of people in your life that you have known roughly your age that have been through pediatric cancer and that you have talked about your situation versus their situation with? Um, yeah, uh, not really. Um, my, my friend in, in high school did um, get diagnosed with cancer. So he would be my only, only person that we could talk to about it. And how is your friend from high school doing today? Hopefully okay. Oh yeah, he's he's doing really great. Yep. He's also 24. He's very healthy and he's doing great. And what type of cancer did he have? He actually had the same type that I had, acute lymphoblastic leukemia. Right. I, I read about your protocol and and uh you didn't even have to uh tell me what type of cancer you had because it's the standard protocol in the hospital and then the uh, two, two and a half year, well, it, it lasts about two and a half years. And obviously it worked out great for you. Yes. Ariana, two summers ago, as you were getting ready to begin your senior year, uh, I assume at Tewksbury High School, you were diagnosed with the non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. What symptoms do you, did you have and what led up to the diagnosis? Um, I had felt tired for a, a long time before, um, and never really knew why, but the real reason that I found out was one morning I woke up, it was July 5th of 2019 with two lumps on my neck. Um, and they were just enlarged lymph nodes. So that's how I kind of knew was, I just like, was like, why is my neck like feeling inflamed and sore? So that's how I knew. And those lumps, were they there the day before or the or did they just basically spring up on you? Yeah, no, I just like woke up and I noticed it and it was like, it just magically appeared. And what did you do immediately upon feeling uh, the lumps or seeing the lumps? Um, so I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit panicked because my mom is a nurse and she wasn't at home that day. But my dad and my uncle were home. So I went over to them. And of course, not being nurses themselves, they were like, ask your mom. So I contacted my cousin, who is a pediatric nurse practitioner. And I also called my mom again. And they told me that it could be nothing, but it could also be something. So that was kind of what happened that day. And did you or did someone call your pediatrician to make an appointment for you to go and get this checked out? Yes. So when you got to see your pediatrician, did they, or did he or she immediately send you out for more tests or do blood work or do anything right away 
um, as opposed to saying, well, we're just going to observe it for a little while and see what happens. I remember being sent to an ENT and they were the one who um, checked out and like did all their like just normal tests and everything, what their like area of expertise was. And he was the one who kind of gave out feelers and like said that it might be more of a complicated process, but could also be nothing still. How long was it between that meeting, say with the ENT person and your actual diagnosis? Um, I would say probably around a month-ish. So that's not too long, but it's not too short either. Um, uh, I suppose it would have been easier in hindsight to be able to be diagnosed uh, right that day, but you were um, sent to Children's Hospital. Now you had surgery on your lymph nodes and your tonsil was removed. You went through four cycles of chemotherapy, which ended in November of 2019. How were you able to handle the treatment and did you have any side effects from it? Um, I kind of just pushed through it all, even the most difficult parts. Um, I knew it was going to be a very intensive process, but not as long of a process as what a lot of the pediatric kids go through when they have like their two year process. Mine was four months. So I just told myself to push through the four months um, and then see how things were. But I had a lot of side effects, um, just like small side effects here and there, uh, just like any other cancer patient goes through. Nicole, when you found out about uh, your cousin's cancer, my guess is you were communicating during this period with her. What type of encouragement and support were you giving her? Um, You know, just to stay strong and keep going. And Ariana stayed you know, very positive throughout the whole thing. Um, Every time I visited her, she had a smile on her face. So she was extremely brave. And, um, you know, we were just trying to be there for her every step of the way. No one wants to get a cancer diagnosis. Um, Of course, Nicole, as you know, ALL is the most curable form of childhood leukemia, but also non-Hodgkin's lymphoma has a very, very good outcome Uh, and a prognosis. Did your oncologist and doctors tell you that as you were entering your treatment? And I'm asking Ariana this question. Yes. um, I was, I mean, as anyone does, you do your own research, but you also listen to your doctors. So I was up researching things and looking up and it is one of the ones that you have a better prognosis. So I knew about that going in. Now, Ariana, how much did this help? I suppose I could easily answer this question, but I'd like you to sort of comment on it. How much did the support that Nicole gave you, especially uh, if you had some days that you weren't feeling well, that maybe it was a little bit discouraging for you. And then (laughs) you talk to such a, a friendly face who's been through this How did that lift your spirits? Well, every time she came in, she would come in and my uncle would be right there alongside of her. And knowing that the two of them went through it together and they would always come in 
no matter what, with smiles on their faces, trying their best to tell me funny stories and just cheer me up. And it definitely helped. I'm going to ask uh, both of you this question. I'll ask Ariana first about the general overall treatment that, and I would think Ariana would remember it more than Nicole because you were obviously younger, but the treatment that you received at children's hospital, everyone I've talked to has raved about how wonderful it is. And did you find the same type of uh, treatment that everyone else, as far as the way they treated you, not necessarily the medicine, but the way they treated you, the way they cared for you and the way they, and the way they looked after you. Yes. The doctors and the nurses and all of the staff at the hospitals were amazing. Um, they don't just try to treat you. They like create a bond with you as you're going through your experience. And I have lists in my phone of all the special moments that I've shared with some of my doctors and nurses that helped me to process and to just have a good time, even though I was going through something so hard. Nicole, do you remember a lot about that type of treatment or maybe, or or perhaps you were a little bit younger to remember a lot of the things that happened? Yeah. So I, you know, I definitely don't remember a lot, but I do remember, um, like I remember some of my nurses, you know, we don't like, we did create a bond just like Ariana was talking about. Um, and even same till this day, like I'll go in for my checkups at Dana-Farber and I'm like, I'm pretty close to my oncologist. You know, we, we talk all, um, at, at all the appointments and, you know, I'll see nurses and they remember me from when I was young. So you really do create a bond. Ariana, after your treatment ended, which was in November of 2019, were you able to go back to school shortly thereafter to try and complete your senior year uh, by attending high school before COVID hit? Yes, I was. It was, but I'll say that loosely because it was a very slow process. I did have a tutor who would give me work when I wasn't feeling well enough to go into school and he would bring my work to my house. But slowly, like over time, I would go to school for like a couple of hours, but I had to really like work hard to get up from the couple hours that I went back to the six hours because it was just a very long day to go through after going through cancer. And by the time COVID shut the schools down, which was roughly the 15th of March, were you, uh, was your energy, had your energy returned and were you more of a, say, regular uh, student, regular contributor to your class, or were you still feeling the uh, effects of your um, treatment? I would say that I was probably still feeling um, some of the effects, more like I just really had to work hard um, and still have to work hard to rebuild all of the stamina and everything that I lost during that time. So I was probably still really tired during that like time when COVID first started. How were you treated by your peers and your classmates? Sometimes you, I mean, the hope is that you're treated very well. People understand. And I would think most people do, but I've heard, I've talked to a number of, of, of high school students who've had this type of uh, situation, have returned to school, and they've had issues with the way people sometimes treat them. Did you have any problems with that? I personally did not have any of those problems, although it was always in the back of my mind that something like that could happen. 
but all of my peers were very supportive and very helpful. Um, when I was struggling in class, there was always three or four people who were always in each class to help me out. And all the teachers knew that they knew how much everyone wanted to help me. And they were also very supportive. That's certainly good to hear. Nicole, you just mentioned that when you go back for checkups, so I, so you're still going back at perhaps on a yearly basis to, to, to make sure that everything is good with you. Yeah. Um, I actually go back, um, every three years now. Well, that's certainly uh, a lot better than probably at the beginning when you're going back every three months. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so that's certainly great to hear. It's been over 18 years for you since you completed treatment for your leukemia. As you went through your teenage years uh, and you're now a preschool teacher uh, at the age of 24, was your cancer experience possibly a reason that you wanted to either teach or work with children? Um, did that have anything to do with it um, as you were thinking about what you wanted to do with your life? Yeah, I, I think it did impact me a lot. Um, I um, originally, when um, going off to college, was like, oh, maybe I'll be a nurse. And I always wanted to work with children, like maybe the oncology unit. Um, nursing just is not <laughs> cut out for me. So I was teaching is the next best thing. Um, yeah, I love working with kids and I love to help them. And it's definitely shaped me into the person that I am today. And Ariana, you re recently completed your first year at St. Anselm's College up in Bedford, New Hampshire. How did the year go for you? And how often have you needed to come back to Boston uh, to go for checkups? Um, so the first year for me went really well. Um, everyone at the school is very welcoming. Um, because of all the technology that we have, I didn't have to come back home for any checkups. I did have a virtual doctor's appointment um, during one of my semesters. Um, but other than that, um, my appointments are usually um, winter break and summer. So I usually won't have to miss school before it. And uh, I just read that you had your 18 month checkup. Yes. And everything went well, went, went very well, which was great, of course. Now, Ariana, I'd like to now ask you about the Jimmy Fun Walk, which has become a very important event in your life. Can you first talk about this fundraiser, which if people listen to this podcast may not know, it's the largest participatory event that is sponsored by the Jimmy Fun. Why did you choose this particular event and what does it mean to you? Um, this particular event is very important to me because as a child, I watched my great uncle and my aunts and my mom and my cousins um, all walk for my cousin Stacy, who passed away in 2005 of cancer. Um, so I always watched them growing up and wanted to do the same thing. So they've been involved. Your family's been involved in this work, in this uh, walk for a very long time. You now have your own walk team yes, called Ariana's Army. Can you talk about the team? How gratifying is it for you to see friends and family join the team, fundraise for you, and come together uh, in unison, really, to support your cancer battle? Um, 
Yeah, all I can say is that it means the world to me that all my friends and family are willing to come together and help me to raise money for something that means so much to me. Um, So I'm really grateful for all of my family and friends that put in all the effort to do so. Had you participated in the walk before um, you had cancer? Um, So it was two years ago that I was diagnosed. And that was the year that I finally decided that I had wanted to walk. Um, but unfortunately I got sick. So that was my brother's actually first year of walking. So instead of me walking, I made a poster in my hospital room and watched him. That's great. How old's your brother? He's going to be 18 in August. Okay. So, and okay. So he, he has really lived this battle with you. How has it been for him? Um, He definitely stuck it out. I know talking to some family members and some neighbors that he was very quiet about it all, which is no surprise, but he was what they explained to me very tough through it all. Now, in 2020, during the pandemic, the walk, of course, was transformed into a virtual walk called Walk Your Way. Your team was able to raise over $17,000, which is a really good amount. And you were also named the first time walker of the year. Now, trust me on this. There are plenty of first time walkers. And yet you won that award. You were able to walk 13.1 miles, which is uh, obviously a half marathon. You walked around um, a lake four times. And how great was getting that award and what did it mean to you? I was very speechless and very shocked because like you said, there are so many first time walkers and every single one of them deserves to get this award because they're all putting in the same effort that I'm putting in to raise money for something so important. And I was just so overwhelmed, but so proud of myself and my team because they raised this awareness and I that's like why I got this award is because I accomplished something so big and my team worked really hard. Well, it's a great award. Now, unfortunately you haven't been able to go to the brunch, which they have, they have a pace setters brunch every March and it's a huge event. Uh, around a thousand people actually go to it and they give the awards on stage. It's quite a thing. The hope, of course, is one more year of the walk your way. And hopefully in 2022, you'll be able to experience uh, what really is a celebration, I think, of, you know, of, of people coming together. There are about 8,500 walkers uh, that honor uh, their uh, peers, family members, friends that are going through cancer, and of course, honoring the memory of ones that have passed away. So it really is a an incredible event. Both of you are involved in giving back to others. Nicole, I'd like to ask you first about the Relay for Life. I'm guessing you were around maybe 16 years old when you spoke at the opening ceremonies of a Relay for Life event. And then you spoke uh, while you were at college at two other Relay for Life events. And you're you're now currently getting uh, ready to ride in your second Pan Mash Challenge. What does giving back mean to you? 
Um, it, it just means the world to me because I know that so many people, you know, <clears throat> donated and helped out while I was sick. So I just, you know, I'm grateful to be able to have the same opportunity to help others. The P, uh, how was you now last year? Was that your first year with a PMC? Yes, it was. Again, again, it wasn't a, um, a full ride this year. I believe if I'm not mistaken, they are doing the full ride. Is that correct? They are, but we, um, we decided back in February when it was time to sign up February, January or February that we would do reimagined again, just cause we weren't sure where COVID would be at this time. So hopefully next year I'll be able to do the, you know, the real ride. Well, I think, um, I think you're making a very smart decision there really, mm-hmm. because you don't know what's going on right now, particularly when you're seeing some of the, the spikes in fortunately not around here, but in other parts of the country with COVID Ariana, I'd like to ask you the same question. Besides the Jimmy Fun Walk, you're also you uh, last year you were involved in the Relay for Life at St. Anselm's. What does giving back mean to you? It means so much to me knowing that people that I met in less than a year were willing to join my team um, and help me raise money for yet another cause that is just so important to me because I know that they do such great work and knowing that I could make such great friends that would help me with that journey in less than a year is amazing. Nicole, would you say that giving back has been therapeutic for you? Yeah, I would say so. Yes. Ariana, would you agree with that? Yes, definitely. Now, Ariana, you're beginning your sophomore year at St. Anselm's. I know that uh, Nicole and I uh, talked before that what she went through was a leading or, or was a uh, at least one reason why she went into teaching as nursing wasn't for her, but she still, what she went through definitely influenced her. Do you think that whatever profession and career that you choose, if you have one in mind already, will be influenced by what you've been through in the last two years? I would say yes, because I am majoring as a nurse um, and I'm also majoring in psychology. I mean, minoring in psychology. So both of those things are very much influenced by all of the stuff that I've gone through since I was a small child. I've always been interested in helping other people and also learning about all the anatomy and all those things. That's always been my field. I've always been inspired and interested by all those things. Nicole, now your parents went through uh, one question. Do you have other family members, uh, brothers and sisters? Yes. I have a younger brother, a younger brother. So he obviously was too young to um, understand what was going on with you, but your parents certainly were not too young to understand what was going on with you. How supportive have they been over the years, not just with the treatment, which I'm sure they were very supportive, but with you getting involved in these causes to help others? Yeah, they've been extremely supportive. Um, Both my mom and my dad are always at every event, um, every Relay for Life that I've done. Um, I did six of them. And then they were both, well, my dad rode with me in my first PMC, and then my mom was at the finish line. So yeah, they're, they're always right by my side. Of course, Ariana, your your parents have already been through the walk and stuff like that, not knowing how more personal it was going to become for them. Have they been very supportive, obviously, 
uh, I'm sure they have with the treatment, but also with the events that you yourself have um, been involved with, including, you know, starting uh, Ariana's, uh, Ariana's Army. Yes, they have been very supportive. In fact, um, our Jimmy Fund walk, the one we did our way, they wanted to make sure that I experienced just like the Jimmy Fund is every other year. So my dad created like a a lattice honor wall. Um, they created like all these posters. My mom had some of my family members hand out stickers every couple miles, the smiley face ones you always get. Um, and it was just amazing. Well, that is great. And of course, having their support is very, very important and uh, certainly makes everything that you're doing, uh, I would guess, easier. Now, Nicole, suppose someone who you don't even know, but knew that you went through cancer, came up to you and said, what is it like? What am I going to go through? Can you give me some encouragement and support? What would you say to them or to that person? I would say just, you know, always stay strong and always remain positive. Um, I, I feel like, you know, if you have that mindset, it makes everything, you know, just that much easier, just that much better. Would you say today, close to 20 years later, that you're affected? whether it's been side effects or um, emotional issues, even though it's been a long time, do you think that you are still affected by what you went through? Um, You know, no, I don't think I'm affected by it. No. If anything, like I said, it's just shaped me into who I am today. And, but in a positive way, I don't really have any like negative impacts right now. I would definitely say it's a positive way. I I would agree with that a (laughs) hundred percent. And, and Ariana, the same question to you. If if someone said, look, Ariana, I heard that you have been through a tough situation, but you're doing well right now. How would you respond to that person? And what type of support and encouragement would you give to them? Um, I think Nicole worded it exactly how it should be worded. Definitely being positive and staying strong and looking to those who are your support system for help is definitely the way to go for making things easier in a sense. And are you hoping in future years to not only continue to do the Jimmy fun walk, but to try to build on it, to get a team that say you've got 10 or 15 members now down the road, maybe you'll get 25, 30 and, and build on that team and continue to support the Jimmy fund. I would love to grow my team. That would be amazing. I already have some cousins who have had friends join our team. And it's just amazing to know that such a small starting point can go to such a big team and raise so much money. It's interesting. You've got the Jimmy Fun Walk. One of the great things about it is that you only have to raise, say, $300 to join the team. Nicole, you're involved in the Pan Mass Challenge, which is a totally different event. It's the, has to be, I would think, the biggest fundraiser uh, in probably the United States. It raised, I 
I, th- I think they had a bad year last year. They only raised $50 million. I mean, which is just, you know, incredible. Yeah. They were hoping to raise 60, but is, is it a little bit harder for you to be able to raise the type of money that you yourself need to ride in the PMC? And are you, st- are you also hoping as years go on to build up uh, the ride and to raise as much money as you can? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would love to, you know, raise, you know, raise more money and have higher goals. Um, yeah. Now I'd like to ask both of you, how would people get to donate to your cause? And I will ask Nicole first on the PMC. I, I, I guess you must have a page and stuff like that. So if you can give out the information, that would be great. Yeah. Um, anyone can find my page if they go on to pmc.org. And then there's a donate button. If you click the donate button, it'll say find a rider. And my name is Nicole Rosso, R-A-S-O. And you can just type that in and yeah. How else do you, are you actively out trying to solicit riders and to solicit people to come on your team? Is that one of the things that that you spend time on? Um, no, I don't. So the team, I'm on Patriot um, Platelet Peddlers. Uh, so yeah. I got on to a team. Um, so I, I don't do that, but well, Ariana, I don't, th- I, I think you're on your own team. So you, uh, are you going to be spending or do you spend some of your time now? Uh, obviously the, uh, the walk is coming up in our, in the, the walk your way is coming up October 3rd. So it's two or three months away, but are you actively trying to solicit people to come onto your team? I personally am not right at the second, but I hope to ask some of my friends and family and some people that I know would join my, be willing to join my team and help raise money to do so. I just haven't gotten there yet because we just um, did a fundraiser to raise money. So my focus was on that. Raising money is not the easiest thing to do. Most of us, including myself, have a, you know, and I've been, I've done the Jimmy fun walk for, for many, many years, but raising money is hard. It is necessary. But then what you have to do is just say, look, I'm not, I'm, I'm not asking this for me. I'm asking this for obviously what I've been through, but also for these kids and, and adults that have been through a very difficult situation. And we need to support these people. And I guess that's the, the, the message that I try to give and Ariana, where would they find you if they would like to contribute to your walk, which they hope, I hope that they will. Um, both of my teams, um, my Jimmy fund walk team and my relay for life team, they're both um, Ariana's army and it would be, you would just look up my name under the team um, and it would just be Ariana Rosso's. Well, as we come to the end of this podcast, you two are terrific. First of all, um, it w- it's great hearing stories about, obviously, about people who have overcome what they've had to go through. And of course, obviously, Nicole's been many years. Ariana, you've just been two years, but you're in a position with what you had that things are going to be looking great for you as well. And I want to thank you, first of all, for coming on my show, giving great information talking about a lot of different things. And I also want to thank you for what you do. It's easy. 
people handle handle cancer or any any um, thing that goes wrong differently. Many people like to, if if they have a problem, they want to try to move on, not to focus on it and get on with something uh, else in their lives. What you have done is you have uh, taken a different approach. You've tried to give, as you said, as we talked about, give back, make sure that what you have gone through is not something that other people are going to go through. And if they have to go through it with what you are advocating and what you're raising, hopefully the treatments that they get uh, in the future will be easier. And this whole, um, this whole cause of uh, pediatric cancer will be easier for everybody. So I just want to thank both of you for coming onto my show. I want to wish you the best of luck and most importantly, the best of health. Thank you. I want you to have a great day. You too. Thank you. It is great to see that both Ariana and Nicole are doing well and are taking the time to help others in this ongoing fight to improve the lives of other pediatric cancer patients. Giving back to others is just so important. And these first cousins are making this a priority in their lives. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Please tune in on Thursday when my guest will be Debbie Wagers, who is a child life specialist based in Nebraska, has started a number of programs that have made pediatric cancer treatment easier for these kids who can use any type of help that is given to them.